0: I can't go on Hi folks, I am Alan Watt This is Cutting Through The Matrix on the 15th of April 2013 For newcomers, help yourself the website CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com There's over well over a thousand and a half, I think, audios up there for free download, where I go through the system you're living through. And to show you that it's a script, really, you're living through a pre-planned script, just like uh, um, the 100-year plans that the communists did and then the United Nations do at the same time. And countries are all involved in this, 50-year plans for part of it, 100-year plans for another, 200-year plans even. Big, big uh, uh, promotion of the future for those who rule it. Because those who rule the present control the future, obviously. And uh, that's where we are today. Most folk have their thoughts given to them. They're all conditioned through the same education. They question nothing. Uh, they're TV addicts. They don't realize TV's is all part of it, of course, massive part of it. And they get their ideas and their cultural updates from TV and movies and fiction. And it's, it works awfully, awfully well. A whole population across the planet has been affected by this, and those in charge are are mastering it all. They are the masters of it all, I should say. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. You can help me take along by getting the books and discs I have at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, don't forget, you can still use personal checks, or you can send cash, or use international postal money orders to Canada. Or you can use PayPal. Across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal. Once again, straight nations are awfully, awfully welcome, too, as we go through these times of hyperinflation under the the guise of quantitative easing. And, of course, all currencies are being devalued all the time. And uh, it's just astonishing how folk, again, adapt to it, thinking it's all quite self-normal. It must be normal because it's happening. <laughs> and they, they don't think beyond that. Who's doing it? Why it's being done? And you're being brought into austerity for a post-consumerist society. Uh, ideas and plans from the big think tanks that work for the United Nations, like the, the, the Club of Rome, and the Royal Institute of International Affairs, the biggest private organization that runs all your media across the planet. All the members own the media. And the Council on Foreign Relations in the U.S., and they have Council on Foreign Relations now in all countries across the world. They put in your presidents, prime ministers, and you vote them in, of course, but they, they put them out for you to do so and lots and lots of bureaucrats too. You're living through massive changes into an authoritarian-style system. And this was again uh, came out of the Club of Rome in the 1970s when they said that democracy would not work. However, they would use democracy to keep the people on board for all the wars they had planned as they standardized the world into the same system, this farce of democracy, with a private centralized bank, and the private banks all belong under the umbrella group of the, the, the Bank for International Settlements. Again all arranged by this private organisation. They're all issue for international affairs. Oh well well documented by their own historians, like Carl Quigley in fact. And you should really read the Anglo American establishment to get their whole um projectory uh, uh, of where they were going, taking over all the world's resources in the hands of the very rich people who already ruled, in fact they set up that they're all issue for international affairs. And all the resources include your food and your water. And that was done a hundred years ago, this plan to take it all over, everything that they would need to keep their civilization going, and you would be phased out down the roads. It's all happening, of course, but most folk are oblivious to it. Most folk actually are quite happy, and they are addicted, as I say, to incredible amounts of television and movies, and they have no idea, as I say, they're being programmed so, perfectly, actually, because lots of psychologists work on it neuroscientists work on the programs and the movies and and your dramas and always have done by the way and your behaviourists too so you are going through the plan changes and the public unfortunately have been terribly done, dumbed down they've been attacked through vaccinations and food for years and they really haven't a clue the old man is to die off over the next 30-40 years back with more after this break Folks, I'm back cuttings with Matrix and So much happens in the world, but we're told very little about it in reality. When we're told something's generally spun in some way for disinformation, they give you part of a story, but then they give you the rest, and the rest might give you a completely different idea uh, of what's really going on. So we're really, really well managed with the news. It's very important to bring in a a world society uh, and keep them dumb, and and, uh, but make them think they're getting all the news that there is. Most news today is utter trivia. And I've noticed in the last few weeks, it's almost like a switch has been pulled and the media across the world has gone really into what used to be called tabloid uh, media and giving you trashy stories. Even the so-called prestigious newspapers and so on, trashy, trashy stories. So agreements have been arranged at some level, and I think that's going to be the way from now on. You'll get government handouts on new laws and things directly into the news, and then you'll get lots of entertainment, as always, and then you'll get your trashy, trashy stories that really don't matter about anything. Individual stories don't matter about individual people. Now I mentioned two uh, about the the book. It's called The Red Mafia. Excellent book to show you uh, during the 80s and 90s, right? At the present time of the incredible gangsterism in what was the ex-Soviet Union, Russia, modern Russia, and how these guys that often ran the Politburo too and ran all the black markets at the same time in the Soviet system, uh, took their mob bosses, and uh, so much was. Uh, compiled on these mob bosses during the 80s and 90s but they were so powerful even then as they went back and forth to Israel and New York and different places often using passports that got in Israel in fact and, and they bought up lots of poverty in the US, Canada and elsewhere and even the FBI uh, and even I think the CIA said that this was a, this was a bigger threat than anything they'd, they'd realized before because these guys had billions and billions to play around with and they had a worldwide in- enterprise already established. Uh, lots of islands even bought up to transfer weapons part way, and then picked up by tankers to other countries. All kinds of things on the go. Incredible wealth. And of course, Russia ended up with these massive gangs of top mobsters that had been really on the go in the old Soviet Union and then got more, um, power as it so-called fell. In other words, they just grabbed all the stock that was there, including all the weapons supplies and factories, and they owned them. So they said that when these guys really get into hiding their money and laundering it, and they found that there wasn't a single bank in the US wasn't affected by them, by the billions of dollars being laundered into them, uh, then, then literally it's the biggest threat of all, because these guys could crash the banks any time. Now, you've heard, you've heard about the Cyprus crash, and part of that was to do with Russia, massive Russian investments from different people into Cyprus and, and other bank havens as well, tax-free havens and various things like that, or high-yielding havens. And these guys have got tipped off before it happened, naturally, because they make sure they've got inside guys to make sure they lose nothing, and they just pull their money out en masse, and that helped start the whole chaos in Cyprus and left the, the, the ordinary folk uh, with a massive debt and having the so-called haircuts, which is just thievery by the banks. But you see it now is happening, and I'll, I'll tie it together as I go along. Here's an article here. It says that gold plunged $144 an ounce today to its biggest two-day decline since 1983 as investors sold the precious metal amid declines in commodities of all types. Now part of this reason is too, because if you read again the, the Red Mafia, it goes into the fact they were the, some of the biggest gold buyers in the world. And now that they know that governments are going to get after different accounts and various other things too, uh, they're, just, they're, they're buying property, masses of property, nylons across the world now. I think it'll be more safer, you see. But anyway, this article goes on to say that uh, the losses today widened to 9.6% as it fell to $1,357 per ounce. It says, uh, with Friday's drop at 5.3%, the total two-day decline hit 14.9%. Stocks fell 1.8% as the Dow Jones average slid to 14,599. And it says, as ABC Radio uh, Richard Davis reported this morning, the reasons for the plunge are linked to the rise in the stock market is serious the slow steady improvement of the U.S. economy, which isn't true, so you know that's nonsense, and the recent strength of the dollar, which isn't true either because they're getting bypassed through the, the Chinese currency as other countries make deals with China. It says crude oil futures tumbled in the global markets down to less than 89 Dollars for West Texas crude, the lowest since December 2012. Silver was down and so was copper. Since last week Goldman Sachs issued a report predicting gold prices would tumble. Another factor is China's economy which grew 7.7% in the first quarter and so on. So this is what they tell you about it, right? That's all they're going to tell you, really, about this kind of thing and give you fudged uh, reasons for it all happening. But when you go into, and I'll put the articles up tonight at com, if I can get the satellite working again because they're playing up and, and cut me off every five minutes from ExploreNet. Don't ever use ExploreNet, folks. It's just incredible when they target you, believe you me. But... um. You find one of the articles that says that Malta has been ordered just selling over 400 million dollars worth of gold, just dumping it all fast, to get cash. Other ones are, are following suit, so that's they're dumping gold in the market. That's part of the reason why it's getting cheaper. And the big gangsters too are dumping it too, and uh, and buying property, real estate. That's why there's two kinds of estate. You get estate and real estate. Real estate is the stuff that is actually worth something, not the house that you buy. You can take the house into the monetary taxes. But um, then you find, here's an, a, a one here, ties right in with this is daughter of a Russian billionaire, right? A Russian billionaire. Remember, under communism, Russia was supposed to be equality, which was not an absolute joke, of course. It had an elite from the beginning, from the Bolsheviks. who just kept on 200 families around Russia. They still do. And it says... Um, to, uh, Dorf, a Russian billionaire buys idyllic Gre- Greek island where Aristotle Onassis married Jackie Kennedy, and it tells you that Ikaratina uh, uh, Arena uh, Rybolo Vevla, 24 years old, has bought the island of Scorpios for 100 million pounds. Now, this she's 24 years old, right? And she bought an island for, of Scorpios for 100. I guarantee you that all the other members of the family were buying islands too for the daddy. That's how they work it in the big boys at the top. It says it was sold by Athena, Onassis, Russel, heir to the Greek shipping tycoon. And the islands off the coast of Greece was bought by Onassis in 1962 for only £10,000. Well, I tell you, why do you think they're bumping up the price of these islands now? Apart from the fact that all currencies have been massively devalued over years. It's because uh, this is going to be the real property, the future, the real wealth. But it says Ekaterina, Rybos, Rai Bolo Velva, it says, daughter of business magnate Dimitri Rai Bolo has bought Scorpios, her father's investment office confirmed today. It says, the 24-year-old purchased the island in the Ionian Sea, west of Greece from Manassas, sole surviving heir. And uh, Ekaterina is delighted that the trust has negotiated this purchase. Well, I bet they are. It's a trust as well, you see. And, um, She says, she regards acquisitions as a long-term financial investment. And it says, um, her father, Dmitry, co-founder of the Russian potash producer Ural Kali, has a history of snapping up trophy properties and is the owner of the ES Monaco Football Club as well. By the way, all, all these mobsters in Russia, they're incredible. They own a lot of football clubs and hockey clubs in Canada and the United States and elsewhere. Things like that. Big money. Because they use it for money laundering, all these things. Anyway, that's one of them and of course and then you get on to this today's stories which is of course to do with uh, the bombings in uh, Boston and it says the investigators have a suspect they're claiming, so they're claiming a Saudi Arabian national and horrific Boston Marathon bombings the post has learned law enforcement sources said the 20 year old suspect was under guard at an undisclosed Boston hospital Fox News reported that the suspect suffered severe burns it was not immediately clear why the man was hospitalised and whether he was injured in the attack or in his apprehension. He was caught in less than two hours after the 2.50pm uh, bombing on the finish line of the race in the heart of Boston. In addition, Boston police have surveilled uh, a surreal video of someone bringing multiple backups or backpacks to the blast site, according to CBS News. Also confirmed that there was a third explosion at the John F. Kennedy Presidential Library and Museum. It was not clear how much damage was done or where it was related to the bombings at the marathon finish line. Anyway, it says uh, the library bombing occurred around 4.30pm and more than a mile from the marathon. And a law enforcement source confirmed to the post that 12 people were killed and nearly 50 injured in today's blast. Well, you'll get a whole bunch of different figures until we get the final authorised story on this. But we also know, too, that there's police dogs sniffing uh, before the race started all over the place, the bomb-sniffing dogs, and people were wondering what was all this about. Like, did they know something was going to happen or not? And again, all you're left is speculation. And another article from CBC News said it uh, only kills two, it says, and injures dozens. Well, as I say, we'll get all different stories and, and numbers until they come out with what they want us to believe, and it's as simple as that. What they want us to believe. Now, another article too is to do with biofuels, and it says this article says irrational and worse than fossil fuels. And it says here that uh, the UK's irrational use of biofuels will cost the motorists around 460 million pounds over the next 12 12 months. I think Tank says. Now it's Chatham House again, the Royal for International Affairs that's behind most of the things that are going on. And, of course, a lot of their top members are involved in oil and everything else as well, and the biofuels. But it says here that the growing reliance on sustainable liquid fuels will also increase food prices. Well, we know that. We've always known that. They said there'd be about one-third less, at least to the present standards, uh, because it's going to the biofuels instead. The author said that the biodiesel made from the vegetable oil was worse for the climate than fossil fuels. Under the European law, the super parliament, the new Soviet there, biofuels are set to make up 5% of the UK's transport fuel from today. And it says it creates a financial incentive to buy refined palm oil, palm oil, cook a chip in it to turn into using cooking oil and then sell it for a profit. And back with more on this story after the break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix, talking about see, even the the biofuel industry and how you get a lot less in mileage, which is true, even at sometimes 30% less miles per hour, miles per gallon. And this is researchers carried out at Chatham House said that reaching the 5% level that's mandatory in the, in the fuel now means that UK motorists will have to pay an extra £460 million a year because of the higher cost of fuel at the pump and from filling up more often as biofuels have a lower energy content. The report says if the UK is to meet its obligations to EU energy targets to cost, the motorist has let to rise to £1. £1.3 £1. 3 billion pounds, says, per, per annum by 2020. It's hard to find any good news, says Rob Bailey, Senior Research Fellow at Chatham House and so on. It says biofuels increase costs and they're very expensive to a way to reduce carbon emissions. And it doesn't reduce some, it's, it's actually a worst stuff it gives off than anyone else so anyway, as I say uh, we're getting fed this kind of stuff because they have no other news to give you but it apart from that too if you notice most of the news stories they give you doesn't require you to participate in anything you simply are the passive observer of bad news that's how it appears to be and the intention is to make you feel like you're helpless they're helpless news stories most news, most stories today are like that you see except for the happy trivia stuff and the sex stuff which is all over the place we're run by professionals psychiatrists neuroscientists and behaviorists and so on and it works awfully well whole, whole populations have completely altered over the years as television ramps itself up i've mentioned the 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 video you've got to get a hold of it's called star suckers about celebrities and how they've trained everyone to believe in celebrities and actually believe they can become one themselves And they show you lots of good studies in it where young people back in the 1950s when asked if they thought they themselves were were very, very important, very young young children at the age of 12, and uh, at that time only a few percentage said that they thought they were important. Most didn't. Uh, By the 1980s, by the new education system and everything else, over 80-odd percent of them thought they were very, very important people individually. And they all thought they had great careers and could become anything they wanted to be. That's the fantasy they keep them in, of course. And they all watch all the different American idols, British idols and all the other idols across the world, thinking that's a way out of poverty or whatever. Just It's so easy, obviously, to become a star. They have no idea that everything's rigged to become stars. Everything's rigged. There's a massive machinery involved to make you a star. Massive machinery and big money. And this article, too, is typical, too, because of, of pedophilia and so on, because you understand they're going to do away with the whole term pedophilia. That I've mentioned this for years, it will be wiped from the books, and the public will just accept that, too, because I think the public are so jaded with watching the trash on television, they have no compass of whatsoever of, of moral responsibility themselves. I really don't. I really believe that. I think it's worked so well. But gymnastics coach who sexually abused seven girls as young as six years old walked free from court as a judge accepts his remorse, despite attempts to blame the victims. And it says Bob Bellow admitted a stream of sexual abuse charges spanning 40 years. He was handed to a 15 month prison sentence, suspended for two years. The judge said offences were not specimens of a course of conduct. And she said, "Punishment has an effect already begun." There was, because he's an important person, remorse is bad enough. You know, so if you're, it's bad, you know, your name gets tarnished at that level, and oh, that's enough punishment. Sent and slammed as everything that is wrong with British justice system. And it says you get six months for taking your husband. Speaking points as victims, Belle, you had passed the blame onto his victims in the probation report. They were asking for it at six and seven years old, asking for sex. So the internationally renowned gymnastics coach Who was sexually abused seven children As John child six has walked free This is uh, Bob Bella, Who is now 66 years old Has published books on gymnastics Taught at schools across the UK And was a former community coach of the year He also served on committees Planning the 2012 Olympics And was chief coach of the Tower Hamlets School gym and dance He was also awarded the Order of the Smile A UN United Nations Recognised uh, citation for adults distinguished in their love, care and aid of children. I bet that you should look into all of these characters that got it too, eh? He admitted a string of sexual abuse charges spanning the 40 years against the girls he was tutoring. He was a despaired uh, jail at at Snaresbrook uh, Crown Court by a judge who said he had demonstrated genuine remorse. They can tell just by looking at you, if you're genuinely remorseful, you know. And his outraged victim slammed the justice system in a statement after the pervert was handed a suspended sentence. They said this sentence says you are allowed to go into a primary school and touch young girls And you'll not be punished for it It shows everything that's wrong with the British justice system And he's had to live with this for two or three years But the victims have it hanging over their heads for for their whole lives Bella, who shook uncontrollably throughout the hearing I guess he got about coaching himself, being coached too Admitted touching three children while working at a South London primary school in the 1970s he offered help to three of them with groin injuries <laughs> And after removing their clothing He groped them He touched the daughter of a friend After offering her private tutoring And another had her thigh stroked When she was invited to his home He also admitted touching two teenagers in offences between 1998 and 2004 On the pretext of helping them perform a routine And so on and so on it goes But of course it's, it's going to dis- disappear from the books As the, the, the perverts demand the rights Like all the other ones before them before they normalise all these things, and this is where it's supposed to go. It's supposed to go this way, you see, by the authorities at the top. And also this article too. And really, this is what they're putting out now. And I think a lot of it. Uh, understand when when trashy shows on television get publicity, good good or bad. it, it it's often managed that way just to get the publicity. And I'll talk about when these trashy shows when we come back from this break. Listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. I'm back, cutting through the matrix. Like I mentioned before, about Star like which you got to see. You got to see about the celebrities and and the making of news. where will actually show you. Uh, real agents and real guys in the media uh, who create stories. And they got a a Miss UK or Miss Britain or something and dressed up in a bikini walking out of a uh, some club or whatever uh, with a bikini on and outside you saw these so-called feminists with the the posters uh, uh, complaining about her and so on and throwing a pie in her face. And it was all staged. The guys even created the feminist group and gave them their posters just to make a story. And lots of the stuff out there is like that. Now this story I'm about to read is, is kind of like good publicity or bad publicity, it depends on how you look upon it, because it, all publicity is good to these makers of slaves and, and big shows. Now in Britain, I've got Britain's Got Talent, it's called show, and they have these prunes on all the time deciding who's great and who's not great. And it says that Britain's Got Talent has been hit by a huge backlash from viewers after broadcasting a performance from an 11-year-old schoolgirl singing a song about a one-night stand. 11 years old, right? And a highly sexualized lap dancing performance all before the 9pm watershed, meaning it's prime time. The first episode of the year's ITV talent contest, which was shown at 7pm Saturday night, watched by more than 13 million people, was branded totally unsuitable by outraged parents. Now, I I even find that hard to believe today, with the the trash and sleaze that pushed on the British public for about 40 years, that anybody's going to be outraged in Britain. It's so degraded, it's just incredible. And it says you also emerged that uh, the contestant Carrie Graham, whose provocative performance saw her stripping down to her underwear, uh, riding semi naked on a chair and gyrating on Simon Cowell, who apparently is the, the the one of the hosts of this show, is a professional stripper who has posted a, a series of raunchy pictures of herself on a striptogram agency website. And and uh, so it gives you it gives you the story of that and so on. And the second act featured the eleven year old Alexander uh Alexander, it's called Libantino, it's close to libido isn't it? Performing a rendition of Jennifer Hudson's song, uh, One Night Only, which features a lick, you've only got one night only, and that's all you have to spare, let's not pretend to care, come on, big baby, come on, we only have till dawn. So, there you go, I mean, this is meant to get folk uh, chatting amongst themselves. And you'll find you'll be surprised that people complain about it. We'll find they're even all their old friends and say, oh, well, so what? Because they're so used to this kind of stuff now. And um, it's just the ongoing degradation until you'll have what they call intergenerational sex. That's the next part, apart from dealing with pedophilia. That's how the term they want to be used as, apart from man, boy, love, and, and all the rest of it, you've got intergenerational sex is what they want to call it, to do away with age limits and so on. But uh, uh, this is pretty standard, the trash they put out in Britain. But m- millions of folk watch this rubbish, and th- they're addicted to watching rubbish. What can you say? They can't stand sit and talk to each other without the TV on. They can't do it. cannot do it. They've been brought up with it, too. This article, too, has to do with um, the U.S. immigration laws, and it says... A bill with bipartisan support to revamp U.S. immigration laws is expected to be introduced by in the Senate Tuesday by Senator Charles Schumer. And he said, I think you'll see a major agreement. It's all balanced and fair. We'll have the widespread support of the American people Tuesday, he says. And also, Pennsylvania Senator Pat Toomey said Sunday on CNN's State of the Union uh, program that the bill would expand background checks for gun purchasers. Uh, Toomey and Democratic uh, Senator John Manchin of West Virginia. When I saw it, actually, the, one of them had uh, Schumer and then it had um, Manchin and Toomey. And I thought at the time, the, the first machine gun they used, it was a kind of uh, a portable type. They call it a Thompson submachine gun, you know, the Thompson. And uh, uh, this guy's called Toomey. And that's what they call it Tommy gun. And then you get Manchin. It's almost, it's closely machine gun. <laughs> Uh, and to find them all the on the one line is, is kind of coincidental, isn't it? As somebody plays a little game with your head. If this is thought out. Just this thing, these, are, these things are put in the paper all the time, these little memes and so on. And most folks think it sinks in subconsciously, but they don't really question it. How does it get together like that? You know? A to me and a machine. Anyway. It says that the crafted legislation that would require background checks for firearm sales over the Internet between private parties at gun shows, non-commercially, personally, personal firearm sales wouldn't be covered, a trade-off that Democrats made to win Republican support. It says, well, they're all in it together. You know that. There's no such thing as left, right? And um, and more is actually going to go on because apparently going you are going to give uh, all employees of those who work with uh, firearms uh, the right to check up everybody's deep, deep history on everything. Apparently that's that was, So they're breaking all laws here, but that's the new system. No privacy for anybody. Also, too, China takes another stab at the dollar. I mentioned last week that uh, they made a uh, the deal with Australia, and I think New Zealand's following suit for interchangeability of their currencies and bypassing the U.S. dollar, and also that they're bypassing it again and they're launching a currency swap line with France next, you see. That's the next one. This is one more domino in the dollar reserve supremacy regime falls following the announcement two weeks ago that Australia and China will enable direct currency convertibility, which in turn was a culmination of two years of yuan internalization efforts, as summarized by the following. This is the world's second China and the third largest, which is Japan, economies to bypass the dollar and engage in direct currency trade. China, Russia dropped dollar in bilateral trade agreement, and China and Iran to bypass the dollar and plan oil barter system. India and Japan signed new $15 billion currency swap agreement, and Iran, Russia replaced the dollar with the rial, ruble in trade, Farris says. India joins Asian dollar exclusion zone and will transact with Iran in rupees. And the USD trap is closing dollar exclusion zone crisis. The Pacific is Brazil, signs China currency swap. So this is the big one as they bypass the U.S. dollar. Now, it's no big surprise to those involved in the financial system in the U.S. because the big boys themselves are all part of this and they'll lose out nothing. They've already moved off into different fields. This article, too, is quite interesting. It says Congress exempts most federal workers from key insider trading reporting requirement. I think it was last year that the Congress uh, uh, exempted itself, really, uh, from insider trading. So they can now insider trade because they get the first dibs on what their plans are pushing through and what military stuff is going to be getting funded by the, the government and get shares and stocks and all that rest of it. So it's a big gangs around the world, as I've said, and it's more blatant than ever. But now they're going uh, into more federal workers, not just the Congress, and uh, so they're allowed to do it too. Back in 2012, amid intense pressure from Obama, so-called, including an appeal for its passage in his 2012 State of the Union address, Congress passed a Stop Trading on Congressional Knowledge Stock Act with 1963 theatrical, 1963 <laughs> theatrical votes in the Senate, and 417 even more theatrical votes in the House, a bill prohibiting the use of non-public information for private profit, including insider trading by members of Congress and other government employees. It's unclear why until 2012 it was perfectly legal for Congress to trade on inside information, something we pointed out in May 2011 when we wrote that a hedge fund comprised of junior congressional Democrats should outperform the market by 9%. As a turned out flagrant insider, trading abuse occurred mostly within the Democrat ranks of the House, compared to a mere 2% plus outperformance by congressional stock trading Republicans. Turns out that any cynical skepticism regarding Congress's ability and willingness to police itself was well founded, as last night the House eliminates a key requirement of the insider trading law for most. Federal employees, passing legislation exempting these workers, including congressional staff, from a a rule scheduled to take effect next week that mandated online posting of financial transactions. The reason why one will have to take Congress at its word, that it's not breaking the law, because apparently posting Congress's financial dealings online would be a post-national risk according to National Academy of Public Administration. So they can't tell the public that they're into all this stuff because it's for national reasons, right? Surely this explains why the bill was rushed and voted in the matter of hours. One can't have a debate over matters of national security, especially if the financial well-being of Congress is at risk. As the Washington Times recaps, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, Nevada Democrats, um, introduced the bill on Thursday and had the chamber vote on it in the late that evening. The House took the bill up Friday afternoon and passed it by unanimous consent with no members objecting. Well, why would they object to their own pockets? So that's the way the world is now. As I said, we're run by gangs pretty openly now, uh, very openly, in fact. And that's a new system of authoritarianism. Big gangs run the world. Big gangs run the world. And you could understand it's probably always been this way. Uh, The older gangs, the longer they were at it, became royalty in ancient times. Uh, Well, not even so ancient. And then they gave you a culture because they got all these uh, advisors and so on, the specialists of their day, to create the culture. And over time, the public would think that they really were uh, officially there, like some omniscient uh, um, sort of character from from the deity himself that was sent down to help you. And the royalty would always dress himself up with the national flags and all the symbols that that, that they created actually. And and you'd worship it. And then they sent you off to wars that they dream up. To plunder countries for their own benefits And there's always plenty of cattle to go off And get dressed up in uniforms to do so Never understanding the long term goal Never do So it's quite easy to see Why well, the gangsters that ran Russia And they did run Russia and still do But uh, look at these systems And say well what's the difference between us and them One big gang could Could uh, take over countries and so these guys do the same kind of thing. And then they try to get into legitimate stuff uh, through through uh, over a long period of time. They try to get into legit, legit business uh, so that they can uh, hide uh, and, and launder a lot of cash as well. And nothing's new under the sun, you know. But I think under this new feudal system that Carl Quigley calls it, which was the way that it was to turn out, the new feudalism, or even international corporations would would uh, be the, the new feudal overlords. That's happened already. We already have IBM's setting up all the smart grids and smart cities. We didn't vote IBM in, did we, to do all this stuff? Of course we didn't. Any more than we voted all the other organisations working in the private sector that are shaping the future of our lives, with total control over all of us. We get no say in anything. Most folk don't mind. They're happily conditioned by by the social sciences indoctrination to accept things as they are and they say oh well oh well that's it that's all they say oh well know yeah. and um so i'll put this, all these links up tonight if i can get any speed up from explore which keeps cutting me off all day all day they do this and i get spates of this from them of course it might not even be them it could be other uh, cyber hackers you'll get in between me and the satellite of course because can do that, too. There's so many intelligence agencies whack you every day on your firewall. It's astonishing when you look them up. At least, at least I get them here. Also, too, a while back, many years ago, they talked about the patenting of human genes and so on. Monsanto was even into because they even put some human genes in some of their various crops and things. And they've done the same with fish and various other things. Now, it says, could scientists patent human genes? It says the U.S. Supreme Court just to rule... On a legal battle that could change the future of medical research. So it's under the guise of medical research, like all things always are. You know, to help you down the road. And it says opponents say gene patents will cripple life-saving medical research. Supporters says companies won't invest in research if they cannot profit. And the Supreme Court says the last stop in that legal fight will rule in the summer. So once again, major decisions are out of our hands, including our own genes. So, so the US Supreme Court hearing began today uh, to rule on whether scientists and corporations can patent human genes. Opponents uh, I you what the opponents say and the pro ones say too. Supporters say that banning companies from profiting from their discoveries would stop them investing in genetic research. Now come on, they're already profiting off all this stuff. Uh, and believe you me, when they own your life <laughs> they'll certainly profit on that, you're a slave, right? They even own your genes Even God didn't say I own your genes. U.S. Patent and Trademark Office has granted patents for almost 30 years and at least 4,000 human genes to companies, universities and others that have discovered and decoded them. Now they've always been there and they are yours, but they, they discovered them and, and like Monsanto uses this too. Do the crop genes. Well, nobody patented them before, so we'll be the first to do it. See how easy it is through law and legalities, this con of law. It says, uh, patents now cover some 40% of the human genome, according to a study led by Christopher Mason of Weill Cornell Medical College. If the Supreme Court rules that human DNA can be claimed as intellectual property, it would remain off-limits to everyone else without the permission of the patent holder. This is the lawsuit filed 2009 by the American Civil Liberties Union and the Public Patent Foundation challenges seven patents held by Myriad Genetics, Inc. on two human genes linked to breast and ovarian cancer. Marin's BRCA analysis test looks for mutations in the breast cancer predisposition gene or BRCA. Women with a faulty gene have a three to seven times greater risk of developing breast cancer and a higher risk of ovarian cancer to give you the scary stories first. Of course no one will check them out. It says men can also carry BRCA mutation, uh, raising the risk of prostate, pancreatic, and other types of cancer. Well, we've all got the risk of that, you see, because we're getting fed poisonous food from all these these biotech companies that make it now. Guys who've been involved in, in the warfare industry, and still are, by the way, and chemical warfare, are now making the food for you, and you're eating it, and you trust it. You better start thinking. Can you? Can you think? mutations are most common in people of Eastern European Jewish descent, it says, Myriad sells the, the only BRCA gene test. And it's true, ethnocentric communities that intermarry are more liable to pass on uh, dominant particular genes. The legal issues center around whether the genes that Myriad patented called BRCA1 and BRCA2 are natural phenomena. So uh, here you go, life itself goes into the courts and it's a toss up between who's the better lawyers. Who's got the best lawyers to argue it out? And what the what basis are they arguing it on? Is what, what Bible are they taking it from? If that's the case, because where else are also going to get information on this stuff? But that's the joke of it as well. Gets sold. Also, too, it's <laughs> an interesting bit of trivia here, because again, the media now is just dishing out trivia ever since that Leveson rule came down in Britain, and the one in Australia came out, and, and it's obviously been world agreements, they're giving us nothing but. Trash, for for stories now. Not kidding, even the mainstream, big mainstream ones, trash. But a Jewish crime lord behind 35 million dollar, or pound, sorry, 35 million pound cocaine haul sues the prison chefs for denying him the kosher food, he says. He says it's institutionalized anti-Semitism. And the career criminal jamed for smuggling 700 kilograms of cocaine hidden in syrup drums he, alleg- he alleges that Muslim and vegetarian prisoners get better treatment. <laughs> and so the drug in jail for trying to smuggle £35 million worth of cocaine into Britain is suing his prison for not giving the kosher food. It's an orthodox Jew, Simon Price, he says. is accusing the prison service of institutionalised anti-Semitism. The career criminal is serving 28 years after being found guilty of smuggling 700 kilograms of cocaine hidden inside drums of syrup. I wonder what you got off with before. Mate, if he got caught this time with 700 kilograms, what was he doing all his life? Eh? Holy people, eh? Very holy man. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix, and another one about a Russian tycoon. Another one. It says a uh, Russian tycoon who owns the Independent, I guess that's a newspaper, and 20,000 pounds gift to Hacked Off. The Hacked Off is uh, the group made up of journalists that actually p- push forth that uh, uh, the new laws on journalism. And John Pilger has won them, actually, so he's helping I think censor press. Anyway, it says controversy search on 20,000 pound donation made to the Journalism Foundation. It's emerged that Evgeny Lebedev is planning to transfer money to Hacked Off. Lebedev has railed against alleged press intrusion in the past, and the foundation said the donation was for a public interest defence project. Spokesman said trustees had decided to tell Hacked Off that the donation would be honoured. So big, big moves from the same people from Russia as they move into many, many different areas, of course. And, of course, the other thing, too, is to give a lot of money to charities, which helps them give them some sort of status in, 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 in the Sydney Street. German wise men push for wealth seizure to fund the EMU bailouts, this is, so this is official. This is two top advisors to German Chancellor Angela Merkel have called for a tax on private wealth and property in Eurozone debtor states to force rich to fund rescue costs. Well, it's going to hit that across the board. The folk at the bottom get hit with the little shacks that they live in and so on. Just marks a new radical departure for the EMU crisis strategy. Well, nothing's new as they, as they plunder the public. So it's now it's official. This is to be the new system. Just steal everybody's wealth. Uh, you know, not the big ones that buy islands and, and off in the Med, etc., or off Greece, uh, but, but the, the general population. So look out for that, folks. It's really going now. This is, the, this is the big gang plunder time, you understand. It really is. It's, it's fair game on everybody now. And also, too, I'll put the article about Cyprus selling off its 400 million euros worth of gold, about 75% of its total holdings, to finance part of its bailout. So lots of places are now dumping gold. The big mobsters are dumping gold big time and buying real estate and islands and all the rest of it and to try to escape the, the scalping that's going really to come down from all your bank accounts and all the rest of it. So everything is a safe is game today, unless you're very, very rich. If you're very rich, you'll escape it all. And also this Article 2, heroin production has tripled in Helmand. Uh, Helmand, it's called, since British troops arrived in 2006, claims the United Nations, I guess it's Afghanistan, opium cultivation is at a higher level than under Taliban rule, the figures show, production of the heroin raw material is expected to rise for the third re- year, and Afghanistan produces about 90% of the world's illicit opium, of course they use that to meet the heroin. This the production of opium and Helmand has tripled since British troops arrived. According to the report, more than 75,000 hectares of Helmand were given over to opium cultivation last year. Remember, that was the first rule when George Bush put the Americans into Afghanistan was to, to restart the whole uh, opium production, which the Taliban had stopped because they actually were forcing it, it as a nasty, nasty thing to, to stop. So they stopped it literally. It was illegal to grow it. And of course, under America, it was, it was legalized again because you got this big money in the, in the market, you know, for lots of projects and for very, very rich folk. So now Britain's heavily involved, policing, and making sure the stuff's growing okay. And there's lots of articles up on YouTube, you'll see the troops walking amongst these massive fields, not burning it down, but protecting them. That's a real world, folks. That is a real world. And you have no say in it, apparently, by the high and mighty and powerful. That run everything including your governments From Hamish Masyatron to Canada As good night, may your God or your gods go with you